Simply Stogies is a passion project that is fan-funded. If you enjoy the content Simply Stogies brings to you and would like to see more and different kinds of content, a website, more on-location podcasts with blenders, manufacturers, or retailers, or video reviews, please consider supporting Simply Stogies on Patreon at patreon.com slash simplystogies. Supporting Simply Stogies can get you a ton of perks, including instant access to bonus material, access to Simply Stogies Discord, including a Patreon-only channel, shoutouts on the show and social media, a monthly virtual herf with myself and other supporters, the ability to suggest cigar reviews, cool swag, or the opportunity to do a cigar review on Simply Stogies Podcast. Thank you for your consideration and your generosity. Now, on to Simply Stogies. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Before I get into what I want to talk about this episode, which is probably a departure from what I normally talk about, there's a few announcements that I'd like to make. First, I'd like to apologize to my Patreon supporters. Normally, they get this episode three days before everybody else. But because of what I'm going to be talking about and the time of it and all the moving parts that are still in some ways coming together... Uh, I, I decided to put this out for everybody uh, on the 15th as, as scheduled. However, if you are a Patreon supporter, which you can become a Patreon supporter, like I said at the beginning of the show uh, at uh, patreon.com forward slash simply stogies. Uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, you're going to have access to a brand new Patreon exclusive show uh, that will uh, debut at some point this month called Tales from the Lounge. Now, this new Patreon-exclusive show, Tales from the Lounge, will have a, a, a co-host with me. Uh, we'll be talking a lot of cigar talk, possibly some casual cigar reviews, and you never know who's going to stop by. So if you're a Patreon supporter, please look forward to that. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please consider donating at patreon.com forward slash simply stogies, and you too can get access to the new show, Tales from the Lounge. If you head over to simplystogies.com, you'll notice there's a couple of new things up over there. There is a new product review by our very own Wanho Frank Lee. He takes a look at Project Carbon's Grand Panda Travel Case. This is one sexy looking case. Uh, take a look at the article at his review and see how he scored it. It just might be the case you're looking for. You'll also see a couple of new op-eds by our very own Troy Kelso over at simplystogies.com. One of the op-eds uh, has to do with the FDA and uh, their timetable on raising the age requirement to 21 in order to purchase tobacco. And then you'll see another one, which kind of ties into what I'm, I'm talking about 
today on the podcast. Uh, you'll see an article from him uh, and his thoughts on the big four, Davidoff, Drew Estate, Altadis, and General Cigar pulling out of the PCA 2020 trade show uh, early on uh, Friday morning. And that's really what I would like to focus on uh, for this podcast. Now, before I get too far into this, I try to stay away from current events when I'm recording a podcast. Uh, and the reason for that is, is that current events uh, are, are always dated content. Uh, there's inevitably an update. There's inevitably uh, new developments. And then eventually it's not relevant anymore. However, this podcast is about my cigar journey. It's about me discovering this this world of cigars. And, and I want this episode to kind of serve as a guidepost for where the industry uh, is at, its cigar journey, if you will, uh, and, and what that means for the industry, what that means for consumers, what it means for um, manufacturers. So... That's that's the, the only re real reason that I'm doing this. Yes, it's newsworthy. Uh, yes, I could have written a blog. And the other thing that you have to understand is, is that I'm not an insider. I've been smoking since cigars since June of 2018. I am very much on the outside looking in. Now, full disclosure, Simply Stogie's podcast is, in fact, a member of the PCA. The plan is to be at the PCA trade show. Uh, in July this year. And hopefully I'll be able to bring you some content from there, uh, some news as well. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to my first PCA trade show. So I'm a little, to be honest, a little disappointed that that this, uh, the specter of, of what happened on Friday is, is kind of hanging over. There's, a, like I said at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of inside baseball talk, so to speak, that admittedly I am not probably the best person to to discuss it. There are others who are inside the industry. There are other news outlets. There are other media organizations that probably have a much better grasp, a much better handle on, on the inner workings because they've been doing it for a long time. And this is obviously my, my first rodeo. So I just want to give you my thoughts on this and, and we'll take it step by step. So please bear with me. Uh, as we go through this. So let's start first with the announcement. Uh, the announcement was a joint announcement by uh, Altadis, General Cigars, Davidoff, and Drew Estate. And it was made, the press release was, was released by Drew Estate. The press release said in part, this decision, which each of our companies reached unilaterally after careful consideration, reflects our strong belief that the structural change in the trade show is in the long-term best interest of the entire premium cigar industry and its customers. It went on to say that they thought that the trade show uh, isn't what it used to be, and it's been like this for quite a while, and, and some of the uh, concerns that they raised with the PCA uh, were, quote, met with silence. After six months of, and I'm quoting here, after six months of repeated outreach to PCA, various efforts to discuss ways to enhance the structure, organization, and value of the show for the benefit of retailers, manufacturers, distributors, and consumers were unsuccessful, end quote. So if we take that at face value, I mean, we, we can kind of get an idea of what these manufacturers are feeling, right? 
And I think that it boils down to three main things. Uh, the cost and return on investment, uh, a difference in vision, and no representation. And I kind of want to take those uh, one at a time here. So we'll start with cost. If you've been paying attention, cigar manufacturers have been announcing price hikes. Uh, and this this includes Cubans and non-Cubans. I know that last year uh, it was announced that, that Cuban cigars were, were going to have a price hike. Well, guess what? It, it, it's across the board. It's industry-wide. Uh, and just a quick search, I found Oliva, Davidoff, Perdomo, Arturo Fuente, J.C. Newman, Rocky Patel, and others uh, have announced price hikes for 2020. Uh, the price increases are almost industry-wide, but why? Is it that the industry is seeing a downturn in, in, in sales? Or is it something different? Is it maybe they need money to fight the regulation that the FDA is putting on. Now, these cigar manufacturers are international in most cases. So they don't just have to deal with the FDA. They have to deal with other regulatory bodies uh, around the world. But fighting the U.S. government, and probably any government for, for that matter, isn't, uh, isn't always the, the most inexpensive things to do. It's, it, it costs a lot of money to do that. So is that the reason? Is it, it Was there a problem with the crop? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about the crops when you when you look at these manufacturers who have announced price hikes and you're just going to see more of these as the year goes on one has to wonder what are they getting out of a trade show is it worth the uh, investment uh, you have to send employees uh, your blenders your like the face of the companies like for example uh, Drew Estate would have to send Jonathan Drew uh, and so that takes him away from his duties I don't know how much that helps or hurts a company. All of them have representatives for the most part, especially these larger companies like Drew Estate, Altadis, uh, General Cigar, and Davidoff. They have reps that go out to stores and, and deal with with uh, the the retail side of things all the time. Now, is it nice to be able to to meet owners and meet uh, the retail? employees, the line level employees that are, that are selling your cigars. Absolutely. It's nice. And it's nice vice versa, right? It would be nice as a retail employee to be able to meet Jonathan Drew. But is it, is it necessary in 2020? Probably not. Then you add in the cost of travel. You add in the cost of hotel. You add in the cost of per diem. You add in the cost of building a booth. You add in the cost of taking down the booth. You have add in the cost of shipping all the materials there and then shipping all the materials back. It adds up and it's probably not worth the time and effort to begin with, especially in 2020. From what I've read uh, on, from articles on Half Wheel uh, and, and Cigar Aficionado and all of these other major, what would be considered major outlets, there's obviously a clear difference in envision between the PCA and the cigar manufacturers. Uh, in the article that announced this uh, on the PCA, which I will link in, in the show notes if you, haven't, if you haven't read it, Drew Estate CEO said uh, in an email to Half Wheel, quote, PCA needs to commit to genuine engagement with the industry it purports to represent and provide seats with decision-making and voting authority to the up-and-coming retail leaders of the future, manufacturers, and other key stakeholders so that together this group can work in lock lockstep to arrest the deterioration of the trade show, take actions that make the show valuable, 
and relevant again, as well as transform the trade association in a way that meets the needs of all stakeholders in the premium cigar industry. They don't feel represented. I could read the other statements that a half wheel posted, that Cigar Aficionado posted, uh, that are all over the internet from these company uh, CEOs and representatives who've basically said the same thing. They are not being represented. There is a fundamental difference in vision between what the PCA wants and, and, and what cigar manufacturers want out of the trade show and possibly out of the organization itself. The PCA has always been retail focused uh, it, it, from its inception until now. It's always been retail focused. But this new branding of the PCA has kind of thrown some, I don't want to say it's thrown a monkey wrench into things, but it's certainly thrown into a question what, it, what it's there for. The PCA was, is focused on retailers. That's what they've always said. And, and I'm going to read from their website now. Our, our name may be new, but our core values remain the same to grow and protect the premium tobacco industry by, provi by providing crucial educational and advocacy resources, fostering valuable business connections and amplifying our members' voices on Capitol Hill. We are a dynamic force, a decisive leader, a steadfast advocate, uh, a resilient and robust organization that is proud to be premium tobacco center of excellence. I'm not hearing much about retail other than it's advocating for us. The CRA does that. Now, here's the difference between the PCA and the CRA. The PCA is, is run by a, a board of retailers. That's who's on their board. Guess who's on the board of the CRA? Manufacturers. So there is a fundamental difference between what each is looking at. One is looking at their business and the other is looking at, at the retail business. While they should have the same goals when it comes to uh, regulation and fighting the FDA and those sorts of things, they have, at the end of the day, different goals. It's not surprising that there's a difference in vision. It's not surprising that they see things differently. Now, there was a lot of talk last year, I remember this, that there was a lot of talk about the PCA and the CRA merging. And that obviously didn't happen. And there's probably a lot of reasons for that. I'm not privy to. I know uh, that halfwheel.com, again, halfwheel.com has uh, several articles about it. Uh, and, and they probably know a lot more about it than I do. But when I talk with those within the CRA, their ambassadors who don't get paid any money, who do this for free, who, who show up at, at, at your events, at the events at your lounge, when I talk to them, they say it's probably the PCA. The PCA doesn't want to give up anything. So when you merge, you merge. It's a merging of, of two companies. Uh, and it sounds like from, from what those in the CRA or around the CRA have told me is that it's not. That's not the case. It's the PCA didn't want to give up anything. It wasn't going to be a merge. They just wanted to absorb the CRA. Is the PCA a lobbying organization or is it uh, retail focused? It looks like the answer is both. But when you talk about different visions, the CRA has their lobbyists and the PCA has their lobbyists. And earlier this year, the PCA had to fire one of their lobbying firms, for lack of a better term, because the, the head of that lobbying firm, uh, his house was raided by the FBI. So maybe not 
choosing the best people. I mean, there's a lot of things here. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts to this. And the PCA seems to be uh, losing some faith from its members and from the, the industry as a whole. And again, I haven't been in it long enough to be able to make an accurate gauge one way or the other. They, my faith is in them until they do something to lose it. And right now, I'm not sure, you know, if they have. So being a new member, I don't, we'll see how, how the trade show goes. We'll see how we are treated as a very, very small media outlet. We're trying to grow. We'll see what that looks like while we're there. But again, this is all a lot of inside baseball uh, that I'm just giving you my thoughts on. And the last part uh, that, that I want to break down of their, of this announcement is the no representation. Again, you can see from their, from what these CEOs have said, from what these companies have said uh, outside of the uh, press release that Drew Estate had, is that they just, they're, they're not represented. The board of the PCA is all retail and the board of the CRA is all manufactured. The manufacturers don't have a voice in it. And the problem with that is the same problem that we had in 1776, which is why none of us speak with, with a British accent. We, there was no representation. And that's hard to swallow. That's, that's a big pill to swallow when you are pumping in so much money into an organization. And these four, the largest four, according to Half Wheel, it made up 18% of, of the, the show floor. These four companies, Davidoff, Drew Estate, Altadis, and General Cigar, 18% of the show floor. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of revenue now that the PCA is going to miss out on. And when you are spending that much money with the organization, I, God only knows how much the sponsorships were. I think I read uh, in a Half Wheel article, I'm sure it's over half a million dollars, but that's just revenue the PCA isn't going to see now in 2020. I mean, that's a big piece of the pie to not have any say in the direction things go. So I can understand why the manufacturers want that to change, why the manufacturers lobbied for that to change with the PCA. And when you are, quote, met with silence, well, that tends to become an issue. I could talk about CigarCon. I could talk about how... Nobody was happy with CigarCon, the manufacturers, the retailers. I've read enough comments on, on Facebook and on Instagram from retailers about the uh, CigarCon and about the PCA in general that it, it's not hard to figure out that nobody wanted that. Nobody. As a consumer, I don't know that I would travel to Vegas for one day to walk around and meet people in the industry. I don't know that I would do that. As someone who does a podcast that is cigar-focused, that revolves around the cigar industry, that talks about all things cigars, well, yeah, I would certainly be interested in doing that. But as a regular consumer, I'd rather spend that money on a couple of boxes of cigars. So it just didn't make any sense. And again, it's a difference in vision and without representation, the manufacturers, I mean, how do you put pressure on somebody you pull out of their show or you threaten to pull out of their show? That's the only way to put pressure on the PCA. 
And so now you've seen four companies do that. What does this mean for the show? What does this mean for the PCA trade show? Short term, I think it means that the smaller and boutique cigar companies will get a little bit more of the spotlight. And I don't think that's a bad thing if that actually happens. Now, in order for that to happen, they've got to be able to spend the money on the booth, spend the money on on expanding their footprint at the show. And I'm not sure how many would actually do that because, again, it's all about return on investment. And these are smaller cigar companies. But when I think about my personal preference, I don't smoke a lot of Altadas cigars. I don't smoke a lot of General cigars. I do smoke a lot of Davidoff, and I smoke a fair amount of Drew Estate. But my favorite cigar companies, Castagli, uh, Foundation, uh, Tatuahi, Warped, Isabella. I mean, when you start talking about these uh, smaller cigar companies that I love, that I think are much better uh, than, and again, it's all subjective. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. Uh, much better than some General or Altada cigars. I, I, I don't, I'm not, it's not a loss for me personally. But for the PCA, it's a huge loss. In the long term, uh, the show's got to change. It has to go through major changes if it expects to continue. As the largest and best cigar trade show, they have to recognize that what was working is no longer working. And they have some competition with the Tobacco Plus Expo, the TPE. Now, how much competition? I don't know. Sure, there's a lot of hype about that, and I've seen other podcasts who said they're excited to to go to the TPE, and certainly, I guess maybe next year I might be excited to go to the TPE if the PCA isn't able to uh, write the ship, and it'd be another great trip, and lots of great content and and media to cover for for you guys, our fans. But is it needed? Two trade shows in a world of declining trade shows? Do we need two? As an industry, do we need to? The, the, the answer to that's no. In case you were wondering, I, it was almost rhetorical. No, we don't need two trade shows, and the TPE seems uh, frivolous. That It's mostly been in the past, from what I understand, vaping and cigarette-related, uh, and that may or may not be the case. Again, I am outside looking in. I don't know, but I know that this year, 2020 here, in just a few days, actually, two weeks, I believe, from when I'm recording this podcast, uh, that Davidoff, Altadas, General Cigar Company, and uh, Drew Estate will all be at TPE, as will a lot of other cigar companies. But those four, the four that pulled out of the PCA 2020 trade show, are instead opting to go to the TPE. If you have to raise your prices because you can't afford some things and and you see some uh, costs coming up in the future and you have to pick one, I mean, this one's in what? January, end of January uh, or beginning of February. And it's probably it's I think it's only three days long, which is two days fewer than the PCA trade show. Probably sounds like it's a little bit more relaxed than than the PCA trade show. But again, I haven't been to the PCA trade show. I can't compare. So if you were going to choose one, if you had to choose one, what would you choose right now? Would you choose the organization that is uh, forcing you to do a membership and do all of these things that you don't really want to do and you don't have a say in it? Or would you go to the one 
that again seems more relaxed and is just like, hey, we're here. Let's have you know, show show what you got. That's what it is. It's a trade show. So show us what you got. Probably the TPE show, I guess. But we'll see how long that one lasts. That said, the PCA does have its supporters. Uh, one of which is Arturo Fuente, uh, and another one is J.C. Newman. Uh, we are on the press release list uh, of both companies, and I could read both press releases for you, but I'll just read the Arturo Fuente uh, press release. And I'm very thankful uh, to Arturo Fuente and J.C. Newman for recognizing Simply Stogie's podcast uh, and simplystogies.com as a legitimate uh, media outlet. For immediate release, statement from the Fuente family regarding the 2020 PCA trade show. As we have for the past 50 years, Arturo Fuente will once again participate in the 2020 PCA trade show. Our commitment to retailers is a core value of our company and family, one that will never waver. Since the 1970 RTDA show, that's what PCA used to be, in New York City, my family has supported the RTDA, IPCPR, PCA, and we remain committed to brick-and-mortar tobacconists as the irreplaceable link between cigar manufacturers and consumers. They tirelessly work day in, day out in the retail side of our beautiful industry and are on the front lines assisting and educating our wonderful customers. Arturo Fuente will always support brick-and-mortar tobacconists and do right by them. We truly believe that members of the PCA are an extension of our family. And the annual trade show is the single most important event keeping our family strong and successful. We look forward to spending quality time with everyone at the PCA show in Las Vegas. Sincerely, Carlos P. Fuente. I'm very happy uh, that we are on their press release list. But it's interesting to me that even when they are supporting the PCA, the, the focus is on retail. The focus is on who is selling their wares and not necessarily the PCA. They just recognize the PCA as the vehicle to which they can uh, easily interact with their customers via the retail industry. So knowing that it's still the largest trade show and it outshines the TP, it makes sense that a lot of companies will still be there, like I said. So short term, things might not change all that much, but long term, the PCA trade show has to change. So what does this mean for the PCA? What does this mean for the PCA as an organization? They might want to read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? If you're in retail, you've probably read that. Uh, it's an older book, but the lesson is timeless. Adapt or die evolve or die. That's it. The whole premise of the book is, is the mouse can't find the cheese in the same spot that the cheese has been day in and day out for the last however long. And now he goes to find the cheese and the cheese is gone. And he doesn't know what to do, but he keeps going back to that same spot. If he keeps going back to that same spot, he's going to die. The PCA needs to take that lesson to heart and they need to change some things. Again, this is just if people are going to continually pull out and I doubt that these four companies will be the only companies to pull out from from the trade show this year. So if things don't change, it'll only get worse next year. 
So how how do you do it? I don't know. I, I but the PCA needs to take a hard look at it uh, and give some people some seats at the table and have an honest and open discussion with both manufacturers and retail and figure out what it is they want and need out of a trade show. Otherwise, this trade show is going to go the way of so many other trade shows, and it's just going to die. And when the PCA dies, what does that mean? It's not good. I can tell you that. Right now, there's the PCA and the CRA, as I've said, and they're both fighting uh, the regulations, the uh, regulatory body of the FDA. And they're pushing back against it. And there are multiple lawsuits uh, 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 that a lot of companies are going in on. But a united front is always a stronger front. Always. In every case. Never is dividing a good idea. And so during a time where we have a bureaucratic mechanism in the FDA who is, in my opinion, arbitrarily making decisions for an uh, an industry, the premium cigar industry, based on other industries like the cigarette industry and the same for the pipe industry, making the same type of leaps that they do for c- cigarettes and vaping. And, and just lumping in pipe tobacco and, and c- premium hand-rolled cigars in, into that same uh, category. During that time, where we need everybody kind of holding hands and, and coming together a, as a unified front. We have this infighting. I find it ridiculous. I get, now look, I understand that there are millions of dollars at stake here, if not billions. I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not privy to anyone's numbers, so I don't know how much money these companies make. But when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that are at stake in the industry as a whole, and you have infighting within that industry that doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon, that's a problem. If we can't stop fighting ourselves, we're certainly not going to be able to fight effectively Against the FDA. Now, I, you know, I understand that, that we've got lobbyists out there and, and I, I support the CRA. I am a member of the CRA. I am a member of the PCA. And so certainly giving money to two organizations uh, is great. And I would give the same amount to, to one organization uh, to, to fight against the FDA. But it's for the industry. This is not good, period. End of story. Now I know in in Troy's in Troy's op ed that he put, he thought that this was good for the cigar industry, and that's fine. Again, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe this is the greatest thing to ever happen to the cigar industry. The question that I have is: if the PCA fails, if the PCA goes under because they are not making money and they make money at the trade show, if the PCA isn't making any money, who fills that void? Is it the CRA? Because here's the thing, when you have a board made up of all retailers, we see what that gets us. The CRA has a board of manufacturers. Are they eventually going to do the same thing? They, I, I don't think the CRA will put on a, a trade show. The CRA is there for one reason and one reason only, to fight the FDA. That's it. And it kind of seems like the PCA is trying to be all things to all people instead of just focusing on retail and working with the manufacturers to protect the industry. They're trying to do everything. So what does that look like post-PCA? Because one of two things is going to happen. I suppose one of three things, I should say. 
The first is that the PCA will write to ship and everything will be great. The second is that the PCA will die and it will go away. And the third thing is the PCA will, will do its best to hang on to the old ways, but eventually fade into obscurity. It'll just take a little bit longer. I don't, I don't know what the cigar industry looks like without the PCA because the PCA has been here for so long in different, with different names. Lastly, what does all this mean for, for us, the consumer? For those of us who go and buy cigars, what does this mean? You could argue that protracted and multiple legal battles uh, will continue to affect cigar prices. You could also argue that companies uh, and the government just like money, and that's why they're raising prices. Maybe it's a little column A and a little column B. The days of retailers getting special pricing uh, and access uh, or access to sell special cigars for attending the trade show uh, seem like that's probably a thing of the past. Certainly not the most efficient way to do it in the age of, of modern technology. Yeah, it's good for retailers to have a few days with the manufacturers, with rollers, uh, creators, blenders, artists, whoever's there. And make no, no mistake, cigar rolling is an art. Blending a cigar is an art. Premium hand-rolled cigars is art. But by doing so, it costs them a ton of money. And that cost is only going to get passed on to us, the consumer. If they're not getting special pricing, if they're not getting breaks, if they're not getting deals, and they certainly won't be now from Davidoff, they certainly won't be uh, getting anything from Drew Estate, anything from Altadis, or anything from General Cigar Company. And if the retailers are still sending employees and they're still sending people to the trade show, well, that cost has to be offset somewhere. To be clear, I, I want to be very clear here. I am not arguing in favor of abandoning the trade show. I want to see the PCA make some changes. I want to see them make some inroads and in making some friends and mending some relationships, building some bridges, if you will. Let's bring the trade show into the 21st century. Let's try to make it as successful as possible for everyone involved. If we can't do that, then why have a trade show? Because I'll be honest, there are so many events. There's a big smoke event in what, Miami. There's a big smoke event in Las Vegas every year. Uh, there are the Drew Estate uh, barn smokers. There are, uh, there's, I'm going this, this, this weekend to the Nebraska Cigar Festival. Apparently, Nebraska has a cigar festival, guys. I'm going there. Uh, and it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But with all of these events and all of these opportunities to meet representatives of, of cigar companies, to meet with the blenders, to meet with the heads of, I mean, how many people have we had on this podcast? Nick Melillo, Jeremy Castagli, Pete Johnson, John Huber, and hopefully more here in 2020. You don't have to go to a trade show to interact with these guys anymore. You don't have to go to the trade show to hear what these guys have to say anymore. Technology has brought them to you. I hope you've enjoyed uh, me rambling on about this trade show that honestly has zero effect on, on consumers at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter. This is all inside baseball, but I find it interesting uh, as someone who follows uh, the cigar world and, and kind of uh, interesting to me to see which way the cigar winds blow. Join me next time. Uh, on uh, Simply Stogie's podcast when I will 
recap the, uh, the Nebraska Cigar Festival. I will be reviewing the Isabella Time Traveler, uh, one, uh, the 2019 edition that was released in December last year. And as always, stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. <laughs>